Now we return you to the test card and some music. to the pilot take 37 a weekly podcast reviewing the pilot episodes of television shows past and present he is jed shepherd and that guy's rock jelly he is indeed hey, and yes. you might notice i haven't noticed yet what what have you not noticed no what's going on i've had my hair cut mate yeah it's not different enough no it's not but i've, I've just looked at someone watching us well well, actually, that was the other thing I was going to point okay. out as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jed, I'd like to introduce you to Emma Bullimore, TV Times critic and uh, all fa- all round big fan of television. Hello. Hello, Emma Bullimore. Um, does it make it um, better that you're a fan of television working in television? Oh, yeah. I mean, you but... couldn't do it if you hated telly. You would <laughs> yeah. be on a losing streak. But yeah, I, I hear that you guys have been uh, reviewing lots and lots of telly, so I thought I'd come and see what you're getting up to. Okay. Keep, keep an, an eye on, on you. Right, yeah. okay. This yeah. could be to turn out terrible. Right? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get found out. We could both get found out of how terrible we are at reviewing television shows right here we've got an expert in uh, Emma thanks for coming along uh, thanks to the for having podcast. me um, a couple, I mean, you know, while you're here as, as we're here and mm-hmm. I thought you know, we might as well take advantage of the fact that Emma is an expert on these sorts of things Okay. Um, I wonder if we might be able to grab some shows out of her brain to well, put on second. the list what makes oh. you an expert in TV Lots and lots of watching it and lots of interviewing people about it, lots of going on to set and seeing how it works, lots of Ah. seeing dud shows that really don't work and (laughs) trying to kind of get a sense of why they don't work or why the good ones really do work, why great shows don't capture the imagination, why they, you know, why bad shows like Mrs. Brown's Boys don't do really, really well. Um, Shots fired. Hang on a minute, hang on, I'm going to take it off the list. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's terrible. You know, a huge show, a huge show. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I suppose that that loosely makes me some kind of expert. But, I mean, better to be an expert in radiology or something. But, you know, I mean, it's something. It's something to put on my CV, isn't it? It's better to be... But you're an expert in something that a lot of people love. It's something positive. And we all so do as well. Educational. I think, yeah, we we everyone do. sort of sits and watches some sort of television at some point in their week. So. Yeah. And if you don't, I really don't trust you. Exactly. You never I'm, really hear anyone go, oh, you know what I hate? That TV. <laughs> Well, you had a history teacher at school who told us that you didn't have a telly. Immediate riots. We, yeah. we weren't happy with that situation. Well, well I'm the clues in the name, this man says. He's a history teacher, so he probably only likes, I don't know. But there like, are great history documentaries. He's missing true, out. True, true. So it's a whole channel. That's true. He, you probably know more about history than him from watching TV. <laughs> that was no. my, that was always my thing. Like when I when I was got told to go to bed um, a couple of years ago, I, <laughs> I was always like, but this is educational. This is, this is, I'm learning stuff. Um, from Graham Norton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've got a question actually for Emma. Um, we, we've worked in radio. We've done lots of radio stuff. And yeah. once you've worked in something like that, you've seen behind that curtain and the sort of... Unglamorous lifestyle. I want to try to use the word, the magic of like how it's made and the yeah. sort of all the nitty gritty bits that come together to make a show happen. Mm-hmm. Are kind of spoiled. So you, you end up sort of listening to it in a different way. Having been on set with shows, producers and actors, does it sort of taint watching it? Not really the dramas because when, you know, they, they do so much after it's filmed, you know. But if you go on set to watch a scene being filmed, it you will be shocked by how long it takes to get three lines in the bag and they do it over and over again they turn the cameras around they do it from all the different angles so you don't really feel swept away in in any sense of the word you're just seeing it and then you see it it's like seeing a really raw rehearsal not in costume 
on a yeah, stage okay. show or something. Whereas reality shows, reality shows are completely spoiled <laughs> because you go, you see, you see someone running out of a Britain's Got Talent audition. I got through and they hug their family and then a producer says, can you just run back and do that again, please? <laughs> so then you, I, become, I mean, I'm quite cynical anyway, but you become very, very cynical about the whole thing. Apart from Strictly, which I'm sort of, I just love, so I'm swept away with. But in general, yeah, reality shows can be spoiled a bit. I would say. Can you really spoil a reality show? Well, when they were... You say that now, and people really love to be stuffy about it now, but when they're in their heyday... Oh, no, talking, no, no, you know, absolutely. Channel 4 version of Big huge. Brother was like, good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the yeah. first two, maybe even three seasons, but definitely the first two seasons of Big Brother, yeah. I am I am hands on heart and, you know, big fan. Yeah. John Tickle and Bubbles. That was the funniest <laughs> thing that happened on television in a long time when yeah. he ran round that chair and broke his leg on the table. Because that was... <laughs> Because that was wow. the one. Because that was the one during the World Cup. I remember it. This is back in the day when I used to like football. Yeah. And uh, I used to think to myself, why as a man in the UK would you go into a house where there's no television or contact from the outside world when no there's watches, the World Cup? They weren't allowed. Do you remember? Like they just yeah, they the banned time, everything, hadn't they? Yeah. It was a real social experiment. It was genuinely interesting. It wasn't yeah, about people trying to be famous. This is what I was uh, I was actually saying the other day because the new one's back now on telly with the um, well, it all started obviously all female and they worst trip it's feminism ever but yeah <laughs> hashtag feminism yeah. Um, but you know that they came back on so I was talking about it and I said the thing is it's now about how can you be the weirdest person it's all about putting weirdos in there yeah and you know everyone everyone knows someone who's a bit strange a bit odd a bit quirky what what is genuinely really interesting especially with the first couple was that they were just a mixture of people they were just a, a normal slice of life yeah but, but I mean producers together. don't want normal they want weirdos yeah. Or they want people who sleep together. Yeah, Those are the two categories true. of people that they want. When did, when did it get that way, though? I don't know when it... I think around series six, seven, something like yes. that. It was good for a few years. Well, I thought it, so. It's yeah, like no, no, people it, well, who now say that they don't like the Spice Girls. Everyone liked the Spice Girls at the time. They were important. <laughs> they were fantastic. I will not have a word said against them. Two become one, Two become one, I just about to say. Oh, two. Absolute two. That's our song, man. That's yeah. our song. That's our song. It was the first time. Five girls just having fun. They weren't particularly pretty. They weren't, you know, they didn't have their boobs again. out all the time. They would. They just were like us. And that was quite important. Girl power. Yeah. Yes. Um, Emma Bunton's Can we do just a Spice Girls podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I do a Spice Girls podcast. I actually really like Spice World just because it's something you can put on and just be like, what? What is going on? Is that a Spice Girls podcast? No. It must be. I, I don't know. What would you talk about? I don't know, but that seems like a thing. Can it you do be- Spice World versus The Room, as in worst movies? Yeah, I, I genuinely like The Room, though. Like, not <laughs> even ironically. I, I do genuinely <laughs> like The Room. I do. <laughs> Well, listen, before we get too sidetracked into creating 17,000 other podcasts, (laughs) let's get on with the format this week. Um, We've been away to watch two shows, and Emma has joined us in this quest. She's she's been away to watch the same shows that we have as well, so we'll get Emma's thoughts on these too. Um, I kind of put these both really on the table last week. um, Yeah, I'm happy with that. um, You know, sometimes you just just get that kind of like, I want to put this one against this one. Let's see who's the better of the two. Yeah. Um, So if it's okay, I'll start. Yes, please uh, do. And we shall start this week with Faulty Towers. I mean, Forty Towers. 
Powers is your, your quintessential British comedy, the thing that kind of we can export and uh, and people will love all around the world. And I, th- I think, in fact, this was sold to the most countries um, possible at the time. I think in 1978, 79, it was sold. It got, got the record. Um, it's it's classic. It's brilliant. I love it. It's beautiful. That's what it is. <laughs> it's beautiful because it's it's everything that British comedy has ever be, has been since. I, yeah. I don't know if I want to delve into this too much more. I don't want to get Emma's opinion first before we start tainting it a little bit. Well, what, I, what did you think? Well, like I your mean, initial reaction. It is one just of, about the pilot episode. Okay, though. it yeah. is one of the classics. But when it gets a bit too farcical, it drives me slightly mad. Even though it's John Cleese <laughs> yeah. and it's fantastic, and you know, I don't want to be sacrilegious, but parts of it, I'm just oh, for God's sake, stop, <laughs> yeah. just stop. No, 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 that's, no. I, that's I, me. I do totally get that. I do get it. I mean, every, everything about it is is quintessential. The the, the opening title sequence, the yeah. music, um, the, you know, the S that's fallen off the sign, you know, just <laughs> even little details like that. Yeah. You know full well in the first five seconds. You're about to watch a very silly show. Yeah. It is a very, very silly show. We've talked about in the other shows we've done as well, where they are just silly. But it's not just silly. This is the thing. There are yeah, silly no, no, but elements, you, you, but yeah. the fundamental greatness about Forty Towers is his exasperation with life that is actually relatable. Yeah, that, everybody that's not knows just silly. someone. That's just that's truth, and that's where comedy comes from. Is truth. Likewise, you know, in Miranda, what's funny to me is not the pratfalls. It's uh, you know her experience of yeah. dating and being single. You know the thing I like about Miranda, the end credits. When it's finished, I know <laughs> I don't have to endure that painful. Just ridiculous, fired. ridiculous, ridiculous. It's um, <laughs> it, it is. You know that that very British music, that very British opening, sort of yeah. that, that almost grey sky when you <laughs> yeah. first open up. The sign that's not quite right, and then you break inside, and it's, it's the decor, uh, and and it's the way he looks as well. You know, Basil, he's, he's stood there, and as you say, he's exasperated. He, you know, and and the whole. The whole episode is based around him running the hotel with his wife, Sybil. Yeah. Um, if you've never watched it before, I, I implore you to go and watch it. It is a it's a staple of British comedy. Yeah, but it's also I think about the... It helps kind of, you understand where other things have come from. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the kind of classic British aspiration above, above your station. He wants to be something better than he is when he's never going to achieve that. So mm. he is willing to step on everyone else's neck in order to kind of achieve his life's ambition of being better than he is and be seen better in the eyes of everyone around him where his wife knows what he's really like and just puts him in his place every time and he is scared of her he's i wonder how they met i wonder how they kind of got together because i don't understand i can't even imagine their first date no (laughs) prequel klaxon yeah yeah someone needs to make that happen so that we can see i mean talking of wives i mean obviously everyone knows that um connie booth who who plays polly in this is his was his wife yeah was his wife in real life uh well for the first season before they split up between seasons one and two um and the the way they came up with uh the whole premise of forty towers is um I think the Monty Python guys were and and Polly and um, Connie Funny. Booth uh, was in a, a hotel in Torquay and witnessed the manager of this hotel uh, being crazy and just being basically Basil. Um, but then it goes back to the whole thing that you said, Emma, was, mm. is that you know is that is that based on truth? We've yeah. we've probably all been in a hotel at some point or a B and B where things haven't been quite as you know f- yeah. fluid as they should be, and you're sort of witnessing it going. Am I in some sort of alternative reality here or a yeah. TV show? But I wondered, because 
I based on on previous shows we've done, you haven't really been a fan of like cringe comedy. Every time we've done something, it's a little bit cringy, like um, Kirby Enthusiasm, yeah. or or maybe some point of The Office. You yeah, were just like oh, I can't take but this. That's very true. But yeah. I would say, in defence to this show about it, it it didn't try to be for me. It there is a fine line. I don't know if you found this, but. I felt like when uh, Ricky Gervais um, it was writing The Office, he was deliberately trying to find those those real sort of minutiae to, yeah. that really push that fine button. It's the, it's the stapler and the jelly. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the very specific little gags and they're really pushing the boundary and Kirby Enthusiasm. It's about how inappropriate can I be? Whereas this is very, it was very soft and gentle yeah. cringe. You know, yeah, I interestingly, I think The Office is the most perfect piece of television ever made, and I would not. I mean, and people do say that about Forty Towers as well, but I wouldn't really class them in the same kind of no. comedy personally. Yeah. Well, people always say that uh, Forty Towers is potentially the the best British comedy ever. I I don't think it is. I think it's definitely one of the best things that we produce. I think it's one of the most important shows to ever. Yeah, be on television I think it was the first of type the- of uh, comedy like this that mm. was out there. But this pilot episode, I don't think, is a good example of of the kind of what's to come. I mean, there was only was twelve episodes of, of yeah. Forty Towers altogether, and yeah, this two season, one of the two seasons of six as well. That, yeah. that's, what that, that's how to mind. keep it legendary. That's <laughs> yeah. what The Office did. And, and saying that, I read somewhere I can't remember where it was now that I was calling him David. Then Ricky Gervais, yeah, had, had that same sort of thought process that I'm only going to run it for maybe a couple of seasons three at tops I just want to do what I want to do and drop it like don't bleed it dry which some shows do when the BBC came to him I think about making a new season he was like well Forty Towers didn't do it and also Victoria Wood was one of the other ones who said I'm I'm making two seasons but Gervais let himself down because he did the film he just went on and on and on so even though he hasn't done another series that's kind of annoyed me you're right you're right he has kind of stretched it out a little bit um, but yeah, I mean, th- this is great. I mean, John, John Cleese, the, the casting in this is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the relationship, isn't it, between uh, Basil, between Sybil, and then Manuel yeah. as well, and you add Polly into the mix too. And it, it is the four of them, yeah. and how they're all so very different. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and, and you say like the cringe and stuff, and almost like yeah. the forced jokes and the sort of silliness of the whole thing. The whole, um, you know, uh, was it, was it um, on those trays? The yeah. butter joke right near the start. <laughs> the start he, yeah. he goes, no, 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 no. Uno, dos, tres. <laughs> no, 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 you don't understand. The butter on those trays. One I on laughed. those trays. I did. <laughs> I, I, did. I, I was sat there. Now I could, and obviously nowadays you sort of see that joke coming yeah. from a bit further away. Whereas, I, I, you know, whereas I think, I don't know whether or not watching this on, you know, release date back in 75, yeah. whether this would have been expected. Like watching this for the very first time, having not seen a lot of shows doing this this sort of format yeah do you see that joke coming or I think it, you do, or do I think you do that's <laughs> but I think what's funnier for me is him trying to put that picture up and getting distracted <laughs> yeah. and yeah. being told he has to put the picture up I was trying to do that I was trying to do that Sybil and all of that that kind of just angst <laughs> that is what I find great about Forty Towers one of the kind of I would say uh, thumbs down points is the the kind of Almost the kind of xenophobic attitude towards a foreigner, Manuel, um, always putting him down. I'm, I'm, I know that's kind of the character of Basil Fawlty. He's, yeah. he's very British and anything else that isn't British, he kind of like frowns upon. Um, but now watching it in the 21st century kind of sensibility, 
it's kind of shocking the kind of um, how you he couldn't make it now. Yeah, how you he could, sort you of Manuel's kind of way that Spanish. relationship now, could you? Yeah. It's almost an, also in the pilot. It's not heightened enough. As you go on, he's slapping him around the face, mm-hmm. and it's so over well, the top. Well, he does get beaten a little I was bit. Say, you yeah. say that when when um, it's Lord Melbury comes into the restaurant and he moves the table. He moves the table of people on. He goes, "Excuse me, can you, can you just go over there, please? Um, this is where nothing else stays." And then he pulls the chair out. And I, I must admit, I totally forgot the chair pulling gag yeah. was coming. So when it happened, I genuinely laughed out loud. And I watched it on my own as well. It was a proper laugh out loud moment. And it's the speed. I, I watched it back a couple of times just to see, to see how quick it all happened. Yeah. The speed at which John Cleese pulls that chair out. He, the, um, the guy who plays uh, Lord Melbury hits the deck. And yeah. he launches, like literally throws himself across the room to reach Manuel and just yeah. go right on the back of the head well this comes into um, to what kind of Emma said about um, the kind of farcical nature this is like a farce it's just people running around yeah. um, falling over custard pies and faces getting hit and stuff and hiding in cupboards that's kind of what Faulty Towers kind of is yeah see that side of it I could take or leave to be honest yeah <laughs> yeah. Really? yeah even if it's I mean the, the success of Faulty Towers has to come down to the fact it's John Cleese yeah. he has funny bones just look at how sort of lanky he is like, just <laughs> he him look, standing he, he up is hilarious yes. he really does and and he, he's so brilliant I wonder if they if it had been a different actor how successful it would have been well the BBC well it wouldn't have been made because the BBC didn't want to make this um, like Connie and, and John Cleese wrote, wrote the pilot and they were like no this isn't funny this isn't going to work um, but because it was John Cleese they were like well hopefully he knows what he's doing because he's one of the pythons yeah. so they, they took a chance on it and I think even after the first episode they, they weren't too sure and and the ratings weren't great for it no. the audience just weren't too interested even though he's come off the back of, of being in a successful comedy troupe um, so so yeah it wasn't at the time it wasn't really it was only in kind of the VHS era in, in the 80s and everyone was, started to think oh this is really good it sort of became yeah. a bit of a almost nostalgic show didn't it like yeah. they call it a cult Exactly, show. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, you can now go to a Faulty Towers experience in London. You can go can and sit. You? Yeah, it's oh, that a would thing be that amazing. my my friend and her boyfriend did uh, for their birthday, or whatever. Um, yeah, so you can go. Your tri- there's a Manuel. There's a Basil. You sit there. You have a disastrous dinner. Can we please go? Uh, just do that. Can we go? <laughs> you yeah, and me. So, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. Outing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they closed down the actual um, hotel that it was based on, the um, in Torquay. That was closed down, I think, a couple of years ago and replaced by a, a, an old folks home. Um, and I think it, doing like a remake with Basil being a runner, um, the guy who runs an old folks home, that'd be quite interesting as well. It would, and with John Cleese. Yeah, with John Cleese. Yeah. Oh no, no, just... no, no, no! Because he obviously needs. <laughs> I'm physically cringing. He needs alimony money, so don't put that out, <laughs> idea out there. Because if he takes it, it will be so disappointing. He's Do not. It. He's not lanky Do and languid it. anymore. He's you know lost some of his hair and he's got a bit of a paunch, and it would just be. He's already really sold cringe. out when the when the Pythons came back a few years ago and did the. O- like, yeah, yeah, that's selling out, but not to the same degree. <clears throat> like, there was such an affection for that, and it was warm, and yeah. but yeah. Do you, do you know? Have you heard that there was um, uh, two German episodes that they, um, they, they? I think I recorded some faulty. Yeah, I think it was translated, wasn't yeah. it, for the German audience? Um, and also because I mean, all of the Python stuffs are quite big in, in Germany, and then also there is a Faulty Towers tour. I think it. I think it's still going in Australia. Oh. Uh, obviously, not the same actors, but like um, it's popular in Australia, so they go out there and uh, and, and kind of put on a Faulty Towers kind of uh, show. See, this is, is really it, interesting. What's incredible about telly? You sit 
in England, you, or you go to Torquay, like, oh, I've had this idea, and you write something. And then people in Australia are talking about it decades later. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Because, again, comedies aren't driven by plot, they're driven by characters, and you want to spend that time with Basil. It doesn't yeah. matter what he's doing. You just want to be with him and yeah, around him. absolutely. So when they, when they went to the town, and Polly goes to the bank, yeah. um, and then she's sort of standing by the car, I got very confused for a brief moment. <laughs> what, what is going on here? Have we suddenly... We did you not see it's that coming? I, I saw that story. Like, I mean, I, I couldn't remember this episode at all. So when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, that's going to happen, isn't it? You, you, you know what's going on. No, I panicked because when uh, Lord Marbury gave the safe, I'm like, he's going to lose the safe. He has, uh, he hasn't, he's going <laughs> to yeah, lose, lose the, the briefcase because yeah, well, he hasn't put it in the safe immediately. I'm, oh, 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 I'm not up for this. But they didn't do that. So that was good. Yeah, so, there was the obvious gag that they could have done and they didn't. And, and again, that's a, it's a proof that this is obviously a I mean I saw it coming a mile, a mile away I was just like that guy is not legit it was too, it's too obvious because Basil was was looking for something he wanted to kind of be friends with someone who is maybe a higher class than him and um, he just knew something dodgy was going to happen like he's he's kind of um, he's uh, he's pinned his badge to this guy and that's not going to be right because uh, it's Basil and it'll always go wrong um, but one thing I wanted to say is I mean I, I, I love Faulty Towers but this episode for me was a tiny bit disappointing it's, it wasn't as funny as I expected it to be mm-hmm. um, I thought um, I, th- I didn't think it, it was it wasn't like enough it wasn't cringy enough it wasn't funny enough um the storyline wasn't it was only a little bit of what you wanted it to be yeah and i because i mean everyone builds up a whole mythology about faulty towers because there's only 12 episodes so in your mind you think it's and it's it's great because it's only um short and and people's memory of it is quite distant so when you actually sit down and watch it you're just like oh this isn't what i expected well that's the kind of feeling i got when i watched it i would certainly say that i was utterly gobsmacked when i realized there's only 12 episodes and my whole life I've grown up watching comedy television in, yeah. in all manner of shapes and forms and, and that constant reference back is like, you know, the classics, the Forty Towers, the Monty Pythons and thinking, yeah. like, I've gotta I've gotta get into this thing. I've got to this is this is a world of of content that I've never seen before. And then you go, No, it's just six hours. It's <laughs> yeah. just six hours of it and that's it. But audiences are genuinely a nightmare because they do not know what is good for them. They will say, "We want, we want more, we want more, we want more." As soon as they get it, we don't like it. We don't like it. Is that what you write in your in your, in your reviews? You don't know what's good for you. You don't watch true. your show. It's true. And I guess I know that this is not going to be your kind of show. But case in point, Sex and the City. It had oh, the, the most perfect ending ever. There's no prompt to that, by the way. I'm just telling you now. There was no um, prompt. We ruined it. We have a running joke that we're never going to do Sex and the City. Like we always mention it every show that Sex and the it's, City. Why? Everything about it is just so fake. We're definitely people doing it don't at some talk point, about it. Don't worry. I'll, I, make, I'll be there. Yeah, I'll make I sure think I maybe need a live to be show. There. Maybe a live show. But oh my god! I do you just know can't... it's like, it's a big anniversary? I'm not sure if it's 25th anniversary. It is a big anniversary year for Sex and the City this year. But really? unfortunately, I doubt they're going to be doing anything because they all, they hate, all hate each other. Each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Kim Cattrall certainly does. Well, being in that show, I could understand why they hate each other because they all colluded on you're something totally, so awful. You've totally missed the incredible, empowering feminist nature of this show which may not be important to you but it is important to me I mean, about four women being allowed to be important without having another uh, sort of an other half type character isn't the whole thing about, about women talking about men sex and... it's not sex is not just for men okay all that kind of stuff 
Past Me, time. I told you there's more to this show, Jed Shepherd. I told okay. you. Well, well, I'm here to be. I'm, I'm here to kind of learn. So, <laughs> if I watch it and I like it, then then it's going to change. But my I life. have to say, <laughs> if we wouldn't really work for this podcast because series one and two are quite bad, but three oh, okay. to six are amazing. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> right, I tell you what. Let's move on Sorry. to the other show. No, no, it's fine. Okay. No, it's absolutely. So we're going to give our scores a little bit later, but just to give you a heads up, I this wasn't didn't kind of live up to my expectations of something because this is always considered one of no, the top of the enough. game that's alright that's fair enough it, it will get the score that it gets and, yep. and that is it definitive end of story and just so no one kills me I'm basing it on the pilot episode yeah, not it's just the one as episode. a whole yeah, yeah. You know, we, we could easily talk about the entire show but yeah. that's not what we're here to do and Emma you can give us a score this week as well but uh, Jed Shepard what else did we watch so the other show that we watched was Monty Python's Flying Circus <laughs> So Monty Python's Flying Circus. Shall we start with with the theme song? I, I want to start with the theme song and the opening scene. Yeah. Because I love a joke, right, <laughs> that takes forever to tell. <laughs> I, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. I love a really anticlimactic joke. There is something about the dedication to doing it. I could do one right now, but it would extend this podcast another hour. <laughs> really? I've got some real good ones. Yeah, yeah. Let's stick them on the end. Let's just stick them on the end. It's fine. Um, I, I really love an anticlimactic joke that's actually <laughs> so really funny. I. There's something about it. I didn't I, get yeah. it. I didn't get it. Did you not get it? I didn't get the joke. But did you mean the sea? Yes. I didn't understand so, it. So the first thing you see, right, is the sea. Is a man in the sea. Yeah. Right? Kind this of a shipwrecked guy. Yeah. Kind of Robinson Crusoe it, type deal. The tides, you know, just lapping away. There's waves coming in. He looks like he's sort of, you know, fallen off a ship somewhere and he's literally washed up on a beach. He's trying to get to land. Yeah. Right. He's exasperated. And this goes on for probably 45 seconds to a minute. So this is quite a long scene. It's no cutaways. It's just one shot. And he's clambering, falling over, falling back in the water. He's ripped clothes all over the place. So he's got a story to tell. Yeah, you know know that there's like, it's going to be something here. You know, you're like, come on, speak to me, speak to me. And he collapses on the beach and he looks up and his last bit of energy, he just goes, it's... And then, and, then it cuts cuts. The, and it cuts to the title. Yeah. And I like the way that they... they <laughs> it's not funny, it but, it, funny. But, it, but it is hilarious. It is. And the funny thing is, it's because it, it, it plays with your expectations. You're waiting for something miraculous to happen. You're, you're waiting for something for him to tell his story about why he washed up on the beach, why he's turned out that way. And... You, and, I don't and all he's there to do is to introduce the title sequence. Yeah. They go, it's... Well, I think this introduces the concept of Monty Python's Fine Circus as a whole because it kind of makes you think okay this isn't going to be what I expect this is going to be something unusual yeah. uh, it's not going to play by the rules because c- cutting halfway th- well into one word f- from a guy um, as your first ever image is not how a TV show is meant to start yeah, breaking all the, yeah. the sort of rules of comedy television exactly it? and he, he's one of the kind of running characters throughout um, uh, the series um, I just think it's brilliant and, and then it goes on to the theme song which is just a classic kind yeah. of theme song which you can probably hear and right also, now and also quintessentially British as well he's got that same sort of thing at the Forty Towers has got yeah. so you didn't get it then no, that for me is a weak point I have to say <laughs> in the whole thing this is Monty Python the thing that has given us Ministry of Silly Walk and uh, Dead Parrot and these absolutely iconic sketches and, and I, I hadn't seen the pilot I was quite excited I was just <laughs> what? okay fine let's move but, on but, but isn't that the point? isn't that the point that sometimes I think that's trying a bit hard to say oh I didn't find it funny <laughs> that's hilarious like I mean no I don't think that's the point I just think that's weak I think some people like you know that the, the, the giraffe joke the giraffe goes into the pub and, and the joke lasts for about 15 minutes and then he's done all these miraculous things, and then and the giraffe about to leave the pub, and he and he falls down, 
and the, and someone says you can't leave that line here, and then the barman goes, "That's not a line, that's a giraffe." But you, 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 and it's, <laughs> and that, but that joke goes on for like twenty minutes, and I can do a version of it that literally lasts an hour. But you can't get that hour back. Is no. my point. I just that just annoys me. I'm like, you wasted my time. No, I'm not into it. Rob like that. I, I, I love it because. I think it's we've actually quick throwback to um, our Rick Mail special we did with Young Ones and Bottom. Yeah, it's the commitment to tell a joke or to to be in a in a scene and and fully commit to it and don't care who gets it and who doesn't. I, I think it, yeah. for me, I mean, it's, it's, it's in a nutshell, it's what some comedians can do and more sort of TV comedy than sort of stand up comedy. The way they can commit to a character like if Basil Fawlty uh, yeah. and like all the characters in Monty Python. But I would say Basil Fawlty is a lot more traditional than any of the stuff that's in this. All the stuff in this is almost anti-comedy where they're almost purposely trying to do the thing that isn't funny, isn't playing by the kind of normal structure of a joke where you mm. have a beginning, middle and end. This maybe starts in the middle, goes back to the start and then there is no end. Yeah. Um, I, but yeah, it, I, none of these sketches that you see within this can be classified as a sketch, really. They're just a series of images and things that happen. And somehow, for me, it, it works just because it's different. Um, it is I don't a, know it's, how it's, you it's, it's I love it because it, on one hand, it's so silly and so sort of beyond your imagination. On another level, it's really cerebral. And there, so yeah. that some jokes are, com- are completely physical, you know, f- not in this episode, but... F- fish slapping all of that <laughs> yeah. and others really are about wordplay are about misconceptions are are really clever yeah so the combination of those things together and it's the the sort of bombastic madness of john cleese with the warmth of michael palin as well as you know he's obviously a clever writer <laughs> yeah. together makes something incredibly special yeah i mean just just the kind of the the intro with uh, the terry gilliam like animation is yeah. so iconic we forget just how iconic that is and terry gilliam one of my favorite directors of all time very influential for me um and just just i mean the animation is quite crude but that alongside the music which they used because it was public domain and free um just it's just perfect and like i can't think of too many other uh, british tv shows that have s- such an impact just with their with their intro music and 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 um imagery and this was such a better time for comedy because michael palin said they went in they pitched it to the bbc the bbc said oh, i'm not sure yeah. okay you can have 13 well now like people would be delighted to get six yeah. so this is the equivalent of two series they've given them a chance for um and that it was a different time you have rehearsal time they were allowed to be you know put them all of their input into it they didn't have to sort of say yes to producers or bbc people they could just go for it so i do think that a couple of these sketches don't necessarily work as well but that's with all sketches it doesn't matter who it is any particular because i had a i had a small issue with one of them you go for it okay well can i say i mean what probably my favorite thing that runs through the whole thing is the the killing of the pigs thing just i didn't get that either yeah yeah, now again (laughs) i I love that love that i have no idea what's going on there but but again, I, I it's it's the not understanding for me. Yeah, I, and again, this is, this is where comedy is brilliantly uh, divisive in a, yeah. in a good way. Is it, it does split you. You're either for it or against it. Yeah. There's no sitting on the fence with comedy, which is which I think is great. And for me, that pig joke makes no sense. Yeah, I have to watch more Monty Python yeah. to see if that carries on. Well, the the thing that I love and I love about comedy is the best comedy for me is like bravery and. If you imagine, this would be quite brave now, but if imagine this when this came out in the in the sixties, how brave the people would must have just 
had their minds blown. So the whole pig thing is like all of a sudden you might hear a squeal or something, or maybe you might not even hear that, and you just see um, pigs on screen and um, one just of them crossing being them off, cr- crossing off like like they've just died. Or it's usually with someone sitting on them yeah. that's kind of caused their death. But it's just kind of running joke throughout the whole thing, and, and it's almost there's a score at the end of the show, isn't yeah. there? It it's just almost... works on so many levels because you can so imagine audiences could have just gone, "Oh, these Oxbridge boys with these yeah. things that we don't understand." Yeah. it's just silly. <laughs> but no, it just it, because it's so warm and it takes you with it, and you can't—it's irresistible. You can't help but get wrapped up in it. The one thing that, that I didn't quite get, and it was a little funny, but it wasn't laugh out loud funny for me, was the um, the painting sketch, the bit where the paintings changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which. You know, things like actually South Park, which we did last week, you know, that whole very basic, you know, the head cut in two pits and just going up and down, up and down to do a speaking bit. And that, you know, is still being used today to be comical. But I, it just, I don't know, it was a little bit lost on me. But that's fine. But again, that doesn't bother me. That's fine. Because like, like I say, for me, Uh I would rather you tell me a joke that I don't get. Yeah. And move on and all right, fine, gone. Than, than to explain it. Like, if you explain comedy, as far as I'm concerned, it's not funny. And but it's is- also, you know, the key to good comedy and the reason that we've been having a bit of a rough patch coming out of it, I think, now, is is that you can't please everyone. And Ricky yeah. Gervais said, I, I want The Office to be 100 people's favourite show, not something that a million people yep. half enjoy watching. Yeah. You know, it can't be lowest common denominator. That's why there's all those rubbish BBC sitcoms at 8.30 that never get a second series. Well, because we, they, yeah. they're in trying to appeal, to appeal to everyone, they appeal to no one. We said this about The Office, didn't we? Yeah. How that... Well, when I, when, we, when I first watched it, I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was fine. Just parked it aside and, and gone. We've come back and we've watched it for the pilot. And... It's just brilliant. Yeah. Like you, 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 you then appreciate it, and if you appreciate it, great. If you don't, you don't. And yeah, you can't please everyone, mm. and if you try to, you please no one. Mm. I've realised I have the humour of like a, of a three year old because I laugh at just yeah. the weirdest things. Um, people falling over. Yeah. Uh, dead crabs. <laughs> but you've got so much going on there because you've got the surreal humour of the crab thing but you've also got the Mrs Brown humour quite frankly of men <laughs> yeah. dressing up as old women yeah. and yeah. doing silly voices so it's all coming together in one sketch I love the Italian lesson one where an English yeah. person yeah. was trying to teach Italian to, <laughs> to Italians, Italians yeah. again so stupid but just hilarious because yeah. it's them you know this is you know this isn't just any old sketch troupe this is you know, all of them are fantastic, but mm-hmm. Michael Palin and John Cleese together, mm-hmm. you know, it just brings so much to the screen. And Eric um, Idle throwing the, 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 I yeah. think they're the forgotten duo of comedy. Like, you know, when you talk about comedy duos throughout history, mm-hmm. your Laurel and Hardy, your Morecambe and Wise, people don't say. Well, the thing is, it Palin was, and, and it was Cleese, Michael Palin and Terry Jones at the, at the double act. Yeah. And then true. John Cleese was working with them on, on uh, Frost Report and all those kind of shows. Yeah. yeah. And then bringing those two forces of nature together, I just think makes this magical thing. Funniest joke in the world sketch I found really, really funny. Yeah. I think it might be the funniest joke in the world. Like I genuinely <laughs> That's think. That's the Mentor Off one just now. I think so, mate. I'm, I'm, afraid, I'm afraid to say. I think I think it's because you you dumbed it down, mate. You should have just, just should have drawn it out for an hour. Yeah, drawn yeah. it out. <laughs> I'd have gone for it. Um, and I absolutely agree. I think it is, and it, but it's such a simple idea as well. Like it is a simple. They're writing a comedy show. Yeah. Let's do a sketch about writing the funniest joke ever written, ever it's, made. It's and, like a Black Mirror episode. That that one sketch, it felt a little bit like where mm. it just got more and more kind of the, the the consequences of that one action kind of like 
Um, oh, it was great. But yeah. then obviously they take it to the trenches and they're using this joke as a weapon to kill the Nazis. <laughs> I have to say, as someone who speaks German, I was disappointed that it doesn't actually make any sense oh, in German. So oh, I was like, no. does it, oh, this is going to be... Oh, so no, does it, it not doesn't. translate? Not really, no. <laughs> there are some sort of what, nonsense words. There are some nonsense words in there. That, I mean, they... <laughs> but isn't that even funnier? Just, yeah, but I, I just think it's funny. I was like, oh, what is this joke going to be? Oh, no, they haven't. They haven't gone there. <laughs> they haven't actually translated it properly. They've yeah, just sort yeah. of half translated it. I mean, again, this this episode didn't particularly do very well at, at the time because um, it, it was it's a hard sell to people. It's only kind of like in hindsight now we kind of appreciate, wasn't it? Sixty eight, sixty nine. Yeah, something like that. It's it uh, so, I mean, sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. I was, you, you can imagine watching this for the first time, and this is you know, one one of the things we we struggle with every week, especially watching the older stuff, is trying to put yourself back in that time, in that place, and seeing this for the first time with none of the um, subsequent shows that have come off the mm. back of it. It's yeah. so hard to sit here today in yeah. 2018 watching this, something that's nearly 50 years old yeah, and that has inspired so many shows, yeah. great and bad, you know, yeah. good well, and bad. But, but well, in, in some ways, because it's so uh, sort of... The hair, you know, mad basically is the word I'm looking for. Uh, it, it's timeless. Whereas when you're watching yeah. Forty Towers and they're, he's saying, "I need this cash, I need this check cash." I'm like, "What, what do you mean? Yeah. You need? I don't understand what yeah, you're doing." Yeah, there is going to be a generation um, of people that don't get that. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I think it's interesting that actually because it, although it is of its time. Actually, it makes just as much sense today. Yeah, because doesn't she go into a Lloyd's before it even became Lloyd's TSB? Yeah. And then it went back to being Lloyd's again. <laughs> like, that's yeah, get, yeah. It's the datedness of, of 40 yeah. Towers, which, you know... It, yeah, I just think this, without this, we wouldn't have... 75% of the of the kind of comedy we'd have right now at and least it's fantastic to watch this because I've interviewed Michael Palin a few times and I, obviously in doing that I'm researching reading all his interviews and yeah. he says over and over again people just think of me as nice that's what I'm called all the time <laughs> and you know please don't call me nice you know I'm other things as well and he's such an incredible precocious nice talent <laughs> on top of being a, a lovely yeah. man that it's nice to see him doing his thing and yeah it's great watching him doing his travel documentaries but it's nice seeing him young and, and doing full these, of zest Exactly, and this incredible comic genius. You know, it's not just about Cleese, it's about him as well. He's not just some nice man. He's, you know, an amazing writer, an amazing performer. So I really enjoyed that. All right, so someone's met him then and and spoken to him a few times. Do you watch this and think that this was a fun little side project? To me, in a way, this is a a pub idea. Like, Monty (laughs) Python is possibly the best idea to have ever been discussed over a pint and going, we should just do a sketch show. It doesn't even have to make sense. Let's just have some fun. Let's just work together and make something fun for us. To be honest, whenever you hear him talking or you talk to him, he talks about his family. And I think, you know, he is a family man. He had to work. He's a sketch writer. And yeah, sure. um, You know, I think it was John Cleese that made the call to Michael Palin to say, shall we work together? Come on, let's come and do this sketch show. But I think it's it's more professional than that, really, actually. You know, it's it's the approach of, you know, let's make something. Okay, what can we do that's fun? And, and, you know, he's he's got a twinkle in his eye. It's, It's about being creative. It's about having freedom to explore ideas and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean... I don't think it was just for fun. Definitely, I think it's like you know, this is my job, and this is going to be something brilliant. You, you kind of got to give it, give it to the BBC, like for commissioning this. Like, yeah. like who was the commissioner who commissioned Monty Python? I mean, brilliant in hindsight, but at the time they must have been scared. Well, like, it's a bravery, isn't it? And I know the, um, the BBC in general tend to give any idea that they give the green light to two seasons. Okay. Um, 
because they they believe that one will never be enough to really right, sort right. of give you a true indication of whether then, it works. Not so much now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Of course. I mean, it's all very much different now because you know we're trying to save money and everything, and everything costs so much more to make. Yeah. But these are people that have contributed to the Frost Report who have been yeah. Yeah. seen. I mean, can you imagine sitting in a room with, and saying no to John Cleese? No. Because <laughs> I just can't imagine that. No matter what what his suggestion is, I'm doing it. And they it. had so I mean, much more money. They had so much more freedom. True, even though yeah. there were fewer slots. Yeah, it's weird. I can see how it would be hard to pitch, but also I can kind of see how you wouldn't be able to say no. Because there's so many more content creators now, and because it's so easy for us. Oh, content creators, that's horrible. Sorry, sorry, I've just formatted a little bit myself. Um, Because you've got so many people creating stuff, right, now, and and everyone seems to feel like they can do it on the go, they can do it on the train, on a laptop, on your phone nowadays. Yeah, yourself included. Yeah, very much much (laughs) myself included. Um, we're almost drowning in ideas. Mm-hmm. So do you think back when this was kind of commissioned, um, it was, uh, well, like, what were you saying? Like this Higher thing? standard to okay. start with. I think there was a higher standard, you know, for acceptance right. straight away. So the BBC wouldn't let any old crap through? I, I think so. I, I, think there was a, I think there was a better standard. In my mind, it seems that I'm sure they bit canned a load of stuff, yeah. you know, and, and they probably still can a lot of stuff now, but it, mm. I think it would have been easier to properly give everything a chance to see how well it would work. Yeah. Well, one thing I read, um, a mistake the BBC, uh, I mean, I have to be careful with what I say about the BBC, obviously. <laughs> um, so what you like, I don't mind. <laughs> but like in, uh, so in 1971, they found out the BBC were going to tape over all of the Monty Python episodes, basically get rid of them forever. Yeah, well, this is the problem that, that we've said about with Doctor Who, yeah, like the 80-odd missing episodes. Are they mental? Yeah, like, they were. On? They were all on drugs, Just all like, of them. Oh, this is a popular show. Yeah, put that on record, them. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> yeah. So they like, must have been, because, uh, you know, it's well, exactly the same prime, prime example, the Doctor Who. Yeah. Just, like, that was a success by that point. Yeah. Why are you not putting this stuff in a vault somewhere safe yeah well luckily like some people kind of found their own way to record it and 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 found but with with the pythons or all, all their stuff like it was all going to be deleted and then terry jones found out was like, well, no I'll, I'll buy these tapes you don't yeah because because bbc were penny pinching back then i don't know yeah, what they're like now but um so he wanted to tape over to like new shows probably like i don't know dinner ladies it's like taping over your wedding tape isn't it you know that old, that old gag of taping over the end yeah. of your, your your first dance type yeah. thing isn't it um i, I love this I'm, i i genuinely thought this was brilliant uh, it was, uh, some of it didn't quite get yeah but i don't, part, I don't think you meant to i don't think they get precisely the but yeah. but but likewise I, I kind of now want to watch more yeah which is a staple of any pilot episode yeah. do you want to watch more exactly there, there are gems and and there are really hilarious moments in it but it, it's fundamentally you can see the potential for how it's going to get even better and if you think of all the iconic python sketches yeah. that have become huge spanish yeah. inquisition all of those none of those are here no they come late and they're not in episode two three four you know they come later they come in the next series or whatever so they were growing and they were learning and that's you know that's how all the best things come about would you watch more absolutely like, just based on watching yeah this. yeah i would yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think likewise. I don't think anyone watching this and seeing sitting through to the end mm-hmm. would like watch it and go. Nah. Yeah, I think you'd know quite early on. Yeah, whether or not this is for you. Mm. Uh, and then it finishes with the reverse um, sort of scene. Yeah, uh, with the guy go back in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. So he's on the beach. He just gets up and runs back off into the sea and collapses. And it, again, it's just that commitment to yeah. the silliness, the surrealism. Um, and presumably, while the show was on, he was explaining his situation, like, while the other stuff was yeah, going on. Yeah, exactly, but you'll yeah. never know. You'll yeah. never know. Think of um, how uncomfortable that must have been freezing, how yeah. uncomfortable that must have been to film. 
Again, for the sake of that moment. This is yeah. what I'm saying with this whole commitment to a joke. You know, it sometimes <laughs> actually physically hurts to tell a joke, um, but the, the just going for it and really believing in that yeah. it, if it works, it works. And if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Don't worry about it. Whatever. All right. Should we do some scores? Let's do some scores. All right. Let's do uh, 40 Towers first. Um, Emma. Oh, I don't a, want to start because oh, I want okay, to get fine. on a pitch here. I want to <clears> see where you're at. You yeah, haven't got to. It's absolutely fine. Um, I write a number down. I'm going to bump it up a little bit. I'm going to okay. give it a 6.5. 6.5 out of 10. Interesting. I think this episode was a little bit weaker than I expected. Mm. Um, but I'm just going to give it a 6.5 as well. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It's not as good as probably no. any of the other episodes. I, but I expected to started. laugh more out loud yeah. than I did. Yeah. But the few moments that I did chuckle and I genuinely found very funny. Yeah. Sort of you made me feel a little bit more comfortable. Like, okay, yeah. it's not quite as funny as I expected it to be, but yeah. it's it is still average. funny. But yeah. it's not amazing. Thirteen. Yeah, as a, as a bonus us, score. But Emma? a bonus score, am I going? Well, yeah, because for me, you know, John Cleese's performance is like an eight and a half, nine. Yeah, sure. but uh, I still, I had six point five in my head, and yeah. you have validated Excellent. that. So okay. Yes. We're obviously quite good at this. Yeah, we're good. We should be doing this. Um, so, so that brings us Monty on Python. to Monty Python. Go on, then. you go first. Um, I mean, you've got kind of think of these scores, but we're talking about the pilot episode. Yeah. But you can't you can't get away from the fact how influential this show is and how important this. Is. You might not get every single punchline in here yeah. because there aren't really any punchlines, but you can kind of understand um, what these guys did. Um, I've got I've got to give it an eight. Which is for us a pretty high score. Wow. Um, just because of how important it is. And this was where it all started. And um, without it, we wouldn't have probably this show and, yeah. and most of the things we're watching right now. So I want to give it an eight. Eight and a half, mate, for me. Wow. I'm going to go wow. eight and a half. Yeah. Again, I, I love being challenged with comedy. Okay. So for me, the, the bits I didn't get. Just yeah. make it even more enjoyable. Well, I'm looking and that's forward- just me. That's just, that's just the way I am with, with comedy. I'm looking forward to be challenged by comedy when I when I hear your stand up when you when you. Uh, yeah, just- well, you know, hopefully towards the end of this year, okay. I'll do some uh, stand up comedy. I've, I've said I'm going to do some more this year. I found yeah. you doing stand up on YouTube. Actually, yeah, that's coming down. Oh, okay, <laughs> right. That's what I'm going to be watching later on. <laughs> All right, okay, let's let's move away from that right now. Okay. Um, that was the first time I'd ever done it as well, okay. ever. Where was that? Let's tell that. What, what were you doing? Where where were you doing right, it? Right, quick, quick, long story quick. Um, yeah. I had a list of things I wanted to do that I'd never done before yeah. uh, with my old show. And yeah. um, one of them was to do some stand-up, just like five minutes open mic maybe. But I actually got myself on a proper comedy bill at a comedy night. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and God. I, so five minutes. And it was all right. It was all right. It wasn't great. Yeah. It was all right. Where was it? Uh, in Billericay. Okay. In, in, in Essex. Yeah. For those who People, know. props, like you're really well prepared. <laughs> you had props. I was impressed. <laughs> 16 and a half. Okay. Was our score for Monty Pythons. We got eight and eight and a half. Eight. Emma? Uh, yeah, eight for me. Eight? Yeah, Excellent. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Right, cool. So, what do we do next week? I think I want to do something a little bit more current. Well, I was going to say, I think oh, you yeah. mentioned something last week and you've actually already mentioned it on the show today. Ah, okay. So like I... You said it's come back and yeah. you want it to... Do you want to do that one now? Or? Yeah, okay. So so um, because one of you guys on, on Twitter or wherever... Um, That's on Postbot Podcasts. Oh, yeah. On postbotpodcast.com, you guys mentioned, why haven't we done Black Mirror yet? <coughs> so let's do it next. Let's do it next. Yeah, straight from... The, from You've watched it all? Yeah, I've watched it all. The oh, new I've series is brilliant. Have you watched any of Black Mirror? Uh, yes, I've watched lots of Black Mirror. Uh, interviewed Charlie Brooker for this series. Nice. He's 
lovely, polite yeah. man. And I know that sounds stupid, but I thought he was going to roll his eyes. You know, when you're through a junket and you kind of yeah. get a bit tired, but he was <laughs> immaculate. I was very impressed with him. Before we get on to the other choice, what do you, so the new series, yeah. can, can you rate... Well, I've only the seen order. two of them so far because uh, I got caught up in a lot of Christmas telly that okay. I contra- was contractually <laughs> obliged to watch. Um, but uh, for me, Archangel was incredible. The Jodie Foster one. Yeah, absolutely yeah. brilliant. USS McAllister. I don't know what's going on right here. USS anyway. McAllister, I didn't really love as much. I think personally. it was an interesting concept. There's one coming up called, called Hang the DJ, which just amazing for me. Mm. Um, it's about a dating app. Um, brilliant uh, but yeah so we're going to be doing okay. the pilot episode of Black Mirror where they, he was just finding his feet as a well, as, uh, a, as has become a norm on this podcast yeah. I've not seen it so um, yeah, but I think I'll watch it, it. For, with fresh eyes okay. um, it's so good I'll stay yeah. away from the hype as much as I can and give you my honest opinion on it okay um, oh, what do I do in response to that that's well a, is there any other kind of uh, show that's uh, maybe like an anthology type thing the only thing that springs to mind immediately is something you've talked to me about as well, actually, and that's Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah Twilight Zone. Yeah, uh, again, that's a good something mix, else yeah. I haven't watched, but you've you've said about it how it, yeah. when we've talked about Black Mirror, you know, just in general. Yeah. So it's the only that, thing I could I could think of that would kind of match that either either Twilight Zone or, or Outer Limits or something like that. Yeah, and so it's got um, a bit more, a few more years on it than Black Mirror has. So yeah. maybe compare the uh, the different eras. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good uh, good mix for yeah. next time. So okay. we're doing the pilot episode of the Twilight Zone, which I can't remember anything about. So that's going to be an interesting one. Um, versus the pilot episode of Black Mirror. Awesome, Emma. Thank you so much for coming along. Thanks so much for uh, being our first guest as well. Hey. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> when we do Sex in the City, Emma can come back and okay. help us. Yeah. <laughs> you are not allowed to do it without me. Okay. Okay, we'll probably do it as a live show as well, so it'll be good. (laughs) Awesome stuff. Right, thank you very much. Um, If you haven't subscribed yet, if you've uh, just picked up on this via Twitter, uh, then head to uh, postpoppodcasts.com and you can download it from there if you're not a fan of Apple. Uh, But if you are (laughs) and you're on iTunes, just subscribe on there and it'll be in your inbox every Wednesday. The only other thing we ask is a five-star review and a poo emoji in the review. You haven't got the right words. Just stick a poo emoji in there (laughs) uh, because we like to confuse the people at Apple. And if they do want to get in touch, though, Jed, how can they get you? You can find me at Jed Shepard on Twitter, which is J E D S H E P H E R D. And that was I'm, beautiful. Thank you. It's taken us many weeks to get that right. Um, and I'm on Twitter at The Jellyman. That's T H Derbly Jellyman. Uh, and for anyone that wants nice. to get in touch with you, Emma, uh, I don't have a song. You're going to have to sing it. <laughs> I'm just at Emma Bullymore on Twitter. But I will work me, on a song. You? I'll work on a song. Yes, yeah. I have. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. so next time that Emma's on, we'll have a song for her for a Twitter handle as well. Okay. Yeah. I think her name's quite long. That's yeah, all right. Be here forever. That's okay. We'll, we'll work yeah, it out. No, no, you're trying to do it to my jingle. It doesn't work, that, oh, does God. it? Think of a new jingle, okay. okay. Do it to the Sex and City theme tune. I'll oh, I have it. no idea what it is. Because as soon as I hear it, my brain switches off. and. Emma, bullimore, Emma, bullimore, this is great. Emma, bullimore, Emma, We're off to work on that. Okay, there you are. I'll see you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile.